0: cylinder. Two rounds fired here, he said, holding the revolver up. One of them wolfers saw it coming at least. Don't look like he hit nothing, though, Jack said. Digging through the snow, the marshal uncovered another revolver and a long rifle, both unused. Other feller didn't get a shot off, looks like. Dugan carried the guns back to his deputy and set them down against the tree. "'So,' he said, giving the clearing another sweep with his eyes. "'One of them wolfers gets jumped and goes down before he can get his irons out. "'The other pulls on the attacker, gets two shots off, "'then gets torn up for his efforts anyway, and their dogs get away clean,' Jack said. "'Bad day for them, I guess.' "'Dugan sighed through his nose.' the white cloud pouring over his red beard. That don't seem right, he said. Ain't seen the wolfhound yet that wouldn't die for his master. Jack shrugged, but Dugan's scowl deepened. After four years of serving as marshal for one of the rowdiest towns in Colorado, he'd seen more than enough outlaws and criminals with a quick gun and a good aim. He'd also had his fair share of run-ins with wolves, bears, and other man-eating critters. Not a one of them could have taken down two seasoned wolfers like this, even if they didn't have their dogs with them. Dugan felt Jack tense up beside him. Holding his breath, the marshal turned his head toward his deputy. The young man was alert, his fingers squeezing the barrel of his rifle. Dugan strained his ears— hoping to catch anything out of the ordinary. But the morning was still. After a few moments, he caught Jack's eye and nodded. The two lawmen turned and walked back to their horses. The marshal's mare whinnied, eager to leave. Dugan patted her neck, keeping his eyes on the clearing while Jack climbed into the saddle. Without warning, a wave of goose flesh rippled up the marshal's arms. Jack must have felt it too, his gloved hands curled around the rifle's barrel. Dugan placed his boot in the stirrup and lifted himself into the saddle. Drawing his colt, he peered through the trees. The air around them felt colder. The horses began fidgeting, stamping their hooves in the snow. Dugan could hear his own breathing— and the creaking of the leather saddles. But nothing else. It seemed like an ordinary winter morning in the Rockies, but something still wasn't right. The fine hairs at the base of his neck pressed against the red bandana he wore against the cold. Somewhere, hidden in the trees, something was watching them. Turning to his deputy, Dugan gave a single nod the two men pulled their horses around and kicked their sides. The animals needed no encouragement, trotting between the trees toward the edge of the forest. Once clear, they broke into a gallop. As the clearing shrank in the distance behind them, Dugan felt the chill and malice melting away like ice on a spring river. The marshal didn't say much on the ride back to town. In fact, He didn't say much for the rest of the day, which was fine with Jack. After seeing something like that, the deputy needed time to mull it over. Aside from breaking up a midday saloon fight and sending a dispatch to the county sheriff about the morning's discovery, both men spent the day in silence. Dugan put Jack on the porch of the marshal station for the afternoon to keep an eye on things outside. Jack knew the marshal would be keeping an eye on the bottle of whiskey in his desk. The old man was funny about people seeing him hit the bottle. Probably had something to do with being released from his duties a few years back, on account of a drunken binge. Or maybe it was because Dugan's reputation had gone downhill since he'd shot a miner outside the Purdy brothel a few months back for causing a ruckus. Trouble was, folks in town had favored the miner over the marshal, though Jack had never held the shooting against his boss. In a town like Leadville, lawmen learned to shoot first.